It's time to create better. Create better family, health, business, and self. Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. This is where we share tips about business and parenting. Being a mom of three, CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisy's speaker and educator, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated, and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better business, family, health, and self. Now, if you are someone who's always wondered, how do I get sponsors for my event? How do I get sponsors for my podcast? How do I get sponsors at all? (laughs) So you do not want to miss this podcast. I am thrilled to have my guest on with me today. Her name is Grace Moore. She is a mom. She is a beautiful inside out person, and I'm honored to call her my friend. And Grace is the founding partner and director of Partnerships at Revolution Her. She's also the founder and owner of Jolly Bark. And with Revolution Her, she was responsible for the collaborations with partners and sponsors with over 20 years of marketing experience and and a true entrepreneur at heart. She finds collaboration with others really rewarding and super fun. Now, don't you want to learn from this woman? I do. Now, she has two teens and that's like two teens that's busy enough and she's like, a multi-entrepreneur here. I just want to say, Grace, welcome. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. And I do love sponsorship. I do get very excited by it. So I'm excited to share with you today. Thank you. Well, you are you are good at it. So let's I can't wait to dive into that. Yeah. But first I want to know how are you doing? How's the family? They are good. Back to school's been going well. So uh we're all happy. We're all smiling and we're all good. So great. It is definitely a new normal, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's uh, been a crazy, crazy 18 months. And um, I'm really pleased. They're they're pleased to be back. They're pleased to be surrounded by their friends and some happy kids, happy life, happy wife, happy everything. We're all good. (laughs) No, that is great. I'm I'm glad to hear everybody's healthy and happy. And yeah, and And your guys are too. We are. We are three different schools, three different age groups. One started university. What? Oh, how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I am proud of like proud of all of them. They are just incredible, happy campers. And the most important, right? If they're happy and healthy, that is really important. Now, Grace, I know you, but some of my listeners may not know you. So tell us a little bit about Grace Morris. Okay, so as you can tell from the accent, I am I am Canadian now, but I wasn't when I first arrived. So I moved to Canada in 2006. Um, originally, as Elaine said, my background is in marketing. And uh, we arrived in Canada and I said, I'm only staying for two years and then I'm going home. But I absolutely fell in love with Canada and it's now been 15 years. I can't believe that. And um, shortly after we arrived, we had our family. And that was then when I started my entrepreneurship journey. And uh, shortly after, started working with Maria at Revolution Her and identified that there was a huge opportunity for sponsorship to help out with the annual conference that we 
we do. So that was really how my journey started there. And now, as you mentioned, I'm one of the founders and uh, or the founding partner and um, take care of all the all the sponsorship and partners that we have. Well, tell us a little bit about Jolly Bark as well. Oh, yes. So Jolly Bark was something that I started two years ago. I am an avid gardener and I love gardening and I just wanted something fun. And so Jolly Bark is a product line of um, items with garden puns on them, on reusable items. So things like tea towels, soaps, T-shirts, tote bags, that sort of thing. And I have a selection of garden puns that just are meant to make you smile. There's too much. We all need more excuses to smile. So you have the best puns. Tell us, do you have a favorite one? Like a favorite? Uh, Do I have a favorite one? I do. The one that, that, most people tend to laugh at is a um, a happy hoe is a dirty hoe, um, the garden hoe. So that tends to get the most attention. But I love so many weeds, so little time. And weeds is in the garden and time as in the herb. So, yes. Love. Yeah. Love. Yeah. yeah. Got some you have great puns. And, yeah. and people will have to check that out on, on social media because you have great pictures and you definitely have a a green thumb. I do you know that was only recently. It's only been in the last sort of seven or eight years that I've become a gardener. My mum always had this beautiful garden back home and um I, I wanted nothing to do with it. She was always trying to get me to help out in the garden when I was a kid and I was like, oh I don't want to do this. And then once I got my own garden, that was where it really all blossomed. But yes, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I, I, I love seeing your Instagram post. Thank you. Now, Grace, you have so many talents aside from your green thumb. You are really good at getting sponsors. Now, yep. before we start, I'd love for you to give us the definition of what a sponsorship partnership is. Yeah. So sponsorship actually has a lot of meanings, but for me, so I'm going to talk about where what it means for me. So my background is marketing and sponsorship is a marketing tool. So it's really a way for people to promote their products or services using sponsorship. And so sponsorship is about aligning with a third party, I guess, to promote and leverage your message to other people. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. And I, I know that um, there, like everybody thinks, well, you're you're, you have to be a certain size to get a sponsor, or you have to be bigger to get a sponsor. What do you What do you have to say about that? No, you don't. It doesn't matter how big or how small you are. Sponsorship is is a partnership. So there are things that you need to be aware of. So. I'm going to jump into like how you would get a sponsor. Excellent. Brilliant. Let's you do that. Use that it, if that's all right. So I love that because you know what? That was going to be my next question. So if you're starting out, what should you do? Or yes. What should you do? Yeah. So for example, with Revolution Her, we have sponsors and we use those sponsorships to help us. Um, they can be cash or they can be products and services. They don't necessarily always have to be monetary, um, but we use them to help us fund the and add value to our conferences and our summits that we do on an annual basis. Um, so some of those sponsors could be gifts in kind, they could be services, they could be products, as I mentioned, or it could be um, 
a cash value. So they are bringing a value. You want to be able to align with a sponsor that adds value to what you're already doing. That's the best type of sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how would you go about getting a sponsor? And probably that should be reciprocal, right? So you're yes. adding value to them and they are adding yes. value. Yes. Yeah. And so one of the first things that you want to identify is what is the activity doing that you are looking for sponsorship? And in the sponsorship world, we call that a property. So that's your activity, um, your main activity that you're looking for for sponsorship from and for I'm going to use revolution her as an as an example just because okay. that's easier so if we were looking for sponsors for our annual summit our annual summit is our property so that is what we um, are asking for the sponsorship for that now is, so for I'm, our gonna, con- I'm gonna repeat that great word you call yeah. it a property yes property is the, the event Yes. Yeah. Right. So that is what you're going to be asking your sponsorship for. Now, for your community, your customers, um, your event, your summit is really important to them. Okay. But for your sponsor, what is important is your community. Mm-hmm. So that is your reach. So we call that your reach in, in the sponsorship world. And your reach is the people that will be attending your conference, the people that will be viewing information about your conference, um, all those people that when you promote your conference, who's going to be that's your reach. Mm-hmm. So it'll be your subscribers, the people that follow you on email, on sorry, on social media, uh, people that see your advertising campaigns wherever they are, if it's print or in the newspaper. That's your reach, and your customers are your reach. So that is what's really key for your sponsors. Okay, so your sponsors are going to be your hook as if you were fishing and you're trying to catch a sponsor. They are interested in your reach. So they're interested in your numbers, your demographics, because they want to make sure that they are the same demographics that they have to get their message out. And the reason that a company um, uses sponsorship is because it's actually less work for them in some ways in the fact that they will go to you because you've already got a pool of potential customers for them as opposed to them having to go out and find each person individually so Mm -hmm. that's the value in sponsorship is that you are providing a group of people that is a potential uh, potential customers for your sponsor brilliant well said Uh, absolutely I like how you said it's like the worm that's hanging on your hook (laughs) yes and then there was one thing that you and I have talked about before and the next part was the assets. What yes. is that? So the assets are the activities that you carry out for the sponsor at that event. So when we're doing our our summit at Revolution Her, the assets are the activities that the sponsor can get involved in. So it could be, you know, having a booth at um, a, a, a an event where you are. Maybe it's an opportunity to speak. Maybe it's an opportunity to be included in a newsletter or on your social media. Mm. Maybe it's an opportunity for them to engage in a, in a more productive way in terms of that they're signing up for an email with your sponsor. So, so there's an opportunity for them to collect email addresses, which is a value add for them. And it's a, a return on their investment. They, they like to, sponsorship is, um, is really about, creating 
a partnership with your sponsor, with your community. And so there's some ROIs, return on investments that a sponsor might be looking for. Now, you can't guarantee a sale with sponsorship. It doesn't work like that. And if anybody says to you, well, I want to be able to guarantee that I'm going to get X amount of dollars in sales, that is not something that sponsorship is can ever guarantee. But you can assist them in collecting email addresses. So you can help them run a promotion where maybe people are signing up to collect email addresses. Or maybe you're doing a social media campaign where you can encourage your community to also follow them on social media. Um, So there's lots of different ways you can help them collect potential leads through your event or activity. And that's what a lot of them are going to be looking for. I love that. Brilliant. So if someone is starting out and they are excited because they found a sponsor, are there any mistakes that they should avoid at the top of your mind that you're like, oh, these are three mistakes to avoid? Okay. The biggest, yeah. The biggest one that is um, that once you've got a sponsor is then just forgetting about them. So sponsorship is a two-way street. They are investing in you, whether it's product or whether it's cash or whether it's services. And so um, in order for it to work really effectively, you need to keep that communication open. So you really want to let them know when um, they need to provide you with information. So, for example, if they're, you're going to do a social media campaign in the run-up to your conference and you're going to include that in, include them in it, when do they need to give you your their logos by? Uh, if you provide them with deadlines up front on all the activities that, that you'll be working with them on and when they need to get them to you, um, that will help their planning. You also want to then keep them up to date. So every time you do an activity, how did it go? Give them some feedback. Um, if something isn't working, don't don't be afraid to say, you know what, that didn't work as well as we were expecting. So let's try this instead. Mm-hmm. They'll be much more open and trusting if you keep them in that communication um, and um, and just work with them as you would any other partner. No, I love that. So important. Keep communication open. Be honest with something yeah. going right and see how you could tweak it and make it work better. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the mistakes I see prior to actually getting a, a, a sponsor confirmed. So sometimes when we're going out actively looking for sponsorship, there are some, some um, I, I see a lot more um opportunities for them to improve when they're when they're making when they're seeking sponsors and the first one is really you have to identify what that reach is so by uh, making that really prominent in your proposals that you're putting to sponsors um, who is your demographic so that they can see an instant comparison between their potential customers and your audience so they can make that connection really easily. So you want to focus on your reach, not necessarily the names of the speakers that you've got at your event or the fact that you're going to have this great after party. That's really important to your community. But as a sponsor, they're really just focused on is this my is this likely to be my customer? Is this my customer's demographic? So that's the number one thing that you want to focus on when you're putting a proposal together. Also, you want to show by um, when you're putting that proposal together, there's some flexibility in there. Every sponsor is different, and they're going to have. Um, 
a different goal in mind by signing up for you. Mm -hmm. Most people think that sponsorship is just about brand awareness and having a logo. So you want to be able to offer some opportunities for your sponsor to engage with your community so that they can um, collect email addresses or Mm -hmm. they can have a conversation on a one-to-one basis with people at the event. So the gold, silver and bronze, which you see a lot, it can be there, but you need to be in mind Bear in mind, sorry, that um, somebody that what you put in your gold package, say your gold package is to have them as a speaker and to have them to submit a lot of blogs and run a webinar. And maybe they're also going to have a booth there too. Now, if that team is a small team that is working with you for that event, you have to bear in mind that they may not have the resources to attend a booth all day, or they may not have the resources in terms of a great copywriter on their team that can submit their blogs. So you need to work out what their strengths are and how you can leverage their strengths for your event, your activity, Mm -hmm. your property. And so there needs to be some flexibility because if they know that they can't deliver on one aspect, they're going to walk away from that gold package straight away. So they may have the money, but they know they don't have the resources to deliver. So you want to be able to provide flexibility depending on do they have the bandwidth to provide staff to man a booth? Do they have the brand, brand ugh, can't get my words out, uh, bandwidth to have somebody write blogs? I mean, it may be a small team and there's only two of them and they're already rushed off their feet. So these are the things that you need to so Grace, consider. Would you put that in your proposal then that there's flexibility or what would you Um, initially? So if I'm, when I'm getting sponsors, I tend to have a a process that I go through. And the first one is identifying who the decision maker is within a particular organization. So you don't want to spend too much time sending in a proposal when you don't even know if it's the right person to go to. So my first number one task is to identify the decision maker. Then when I've identified the decision maker, I try to find out what their marketing goals are. So what are they looking to achieve with sponsorship? So by asking them what they're looking to achieve, I'm I'm finding out what's important to them. So it may just be that they're looking to get awareness. And then I can put a proposal together that focuses on that. Or maybe they're looking to get leads for their sales teams. Or they're maybe looking to educate people about a specific issue. Mm -hmm. So once I I have a little bit of information, I can tailor that proposal that focuses on what they're doing. So I can still offer them the gold, silver, and bronze packages, but I've tailored them and I've taken out – you know, if they've told me they're a small team, they don't have they they don't have a lot of time or they don't have a huge resource in a particular area, I can take that out and tailor it to something where is of, of strength to them. A lot of people, organizations may be super busy and are just looking to give you the money and for you to run with everything. But you need to identify what is it that was where's the value for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you you add that to your proposal and then send them your gold, silver and bronze. I, I love that. I'm just gonna repeat that because that was brilliant. It was one is identify who the decision maker is so you are not spending don't want to waste your wasting, time wasting your time and that person's time and then second is discovering what their goals are what would bring them value i love that and then that last one is then you could tailor or customize that offering proposal to them that would be attractive to them because their goals are 
paramount in that proposal. And but then that, yeah, and then that just makes it easier for them to say yes. So you've you've given them, you've made it an easy process rather than you send a proposal in and then they tell you, oh, we don't, well, we can't do this or we can't do that. So it actually shortens the, the, the length of that process too. I, I love that. I appreciate that. And is there anything that people should take away with them if they're like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and get a sponsor for my next event or a sponsor for my next blog, whatever is on their mind. Yeah. Would you say this is one thing to take away with you? Uh, You have to make it about your reach. So you have to have that hook and it has to be aligning your community with their community. So if you have a very broad community, but you know they're only looking to reach a certain demographic, then highlight those similarities that you've got. Mm. So say, for example, um, so with Revolution Her, we are 30,000 women. Uh, the majority of them are entrepreneurs um, and the majority of them are mums. So you want to focus on on stats that, that show those similarities to what your sponsor is looking to reach. So, for example, with UPS, for example, they are very much focused on uh, women and entrepreneurship. So they want to know how many entrepreneurs we've got. They want to know what opportunities they've got to educate them about their services and stand up and speak. Um, But they don't have the bandwidth to do blog posts because they they have a creative team and they write their blog posts for UPS but they're not they don't have the resources to tailor something unique to us so we work with what they've got uh in order to um brilliant. to provide value yeah brilliant love that that's a great tip and make you switch hats on this one part here now okay. I love Jolly Bark and I I know you're based on the other side of the country, yeah. um, but when you started your business, there, I'm sure you know there were challenges as uh, a mom entrepreneur starting something brand new. Yeah. So what would you say is your best marketing tip that you could share with other entrepreneurs right now who just need some help and motivation and do not have a budget? What would you say is your uh, favorite marketing tip? I would, I've got a couple actually. Can I say more than one? Yes. <laughs> Number one, just do it. Don't wait for it to be perfect. Just do it. Get out there and just do it. Find your first customer. Once you've found your first customer, ask them what they liked most about it, get some feedback and do it again. So just keep working out what your customers are interested in, what they like. Um, keep your marketing and your branding simple. Um, that was, that's, I've, I loved what we've done. I got, I got helped in terms of my logo um, and I got help in terms of my branding and I love it. And it's just, I just try and keep it as simple as possible. I love it. I love it. So get that first customer the customer who really loves it, not your mom or your aunt or someone who's just doing it out of kindness, yeah. but that real hardcore fanatic customer who's like, yeah. oh, I love it and I am now a repeat customer. That's the person you want to study. That's the person yeah. you want to say, okay, what is it about this person that really connects with my product? Because they love it, they reordered, and I want more of that person. So yes. I love what you're saying. is And make sure that you have products that they can reorder that encourage them to reorder. I 
struggled in terms of getting repeat customers until I introduced my soaps and candles and um, uh, I have a, a herbal balm like a, for dry hands. Nice. And once that the, I introduced those products, the repeat business just was so much quicker. I love it. Have consumables. Mm. Not easy daisies, not consumable. <laughs> but yes. But it I, is because you have all your magnets that you I keep do. adding to it. I so do. you, you do. That. Yeah. Do. That is true. Yes, but please don't consume easy daisies. <laughs> no, no, don't don't eat them. <laughs> don't eat them. Grace, you are fantastic and a rock star. And thank you oh, for sharing. I hope that was heart. clear. I hope that was um it was uh, lovely. It was understandable. But thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And if anybody does have any sponsorship questions, you're more than happy to reach out to me. Uh, I'm on Instagram at grace.moors, at revolutionherdtm, and jollybark. And if you have any questions, if you want to send me a DM, I would be happy to answer them for you. Love, love, love. And I will have all those contacts in our show notes as well. And listeners, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you were inspired and definitely got some nuggets to start funding your first sponsor or second sponsor. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And Grace, thank you, hon, for being here and just being awesome. Oh, thank you. You are amazing too. Bye for now.